Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James Once every millennium something will come along When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong That thing, that thing, that Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress, let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon, you will feel something so special growing deep within you. That thing, that thing, that Hi, welcome to episode 8 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! I, at least I hope it's episode 8, otherwise I just told you a wrong episode number. But I think it's episode 8. Alright. Well, this is uh, yet another a special episode. Every episode's special. Because you're here to watch it. And I'm here to record it. Which means we're alive. Whoa! And nothing's keeping us from doing whatever we're doing at this moment. How about that? Wow. Oh. Oh, excuse me. That was gross. I could just... I just tasted the uh, Ezekiel bread that I had. In your grocery store, if you look in the freezer section, uh, you'll probably see some breads called, like, Ezekiel or Genesis something something from the Bible. It's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of a weird brand name to, it's a weird name to give your fucking bread, but the bread's really good. It ain't cheap. It's like six bucks for a loaf, but if you want to splurge, the bread's really, really hearty and really good, and it lasts quite a while. You gotta keep it in the fridge, because it comes frozen. Keep it in the fridge for a day, let it thaw, and it won't get soggy, and it's made out of just all sorts of sprouted seeds and stuff like this and it's just really good really good bread um it's great to toast as well yeah well this is my special our special saint patrick's day episode how about that i don't know i think that's a pogues it's either a Pogues or a Dropkick Murphy. I think that might be Dropkick Murphy's, that little melody I just doodled. Doodle melody. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. It's my second favorite holiday of the year. My first favorite is Halloween. And St. Patrick's Day is my second favorite holiday. I love anything that gives you an excuse to dress a little funky and to drink more than you probably should. I like that. It's good. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of uh, St. Patrick's love in this town. There's a lot of St. Patrick's Day haters out there. I don't care. It doesn't stop me from enjoying my second favorite holiday. I like to wear green, and I like to drink. 
especially on St. Patrick's Day. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to in general, in life in general, but St. Patrick's Day is a special day. To get corned, corned beef and cabbage and potatoes and whiskey. Jameson, Tullamore Dew. What's the other one? What's the other one I use? There's Jameson, there's Tullamore Dew. Um, that's the one I'd usually get is Tullamore Dew. And then there's like a third kind of major brand that I'm forgetting. It's not Irish Rose. Fuck that noise. <clears throat> Irish Rose? More like Irish vomit. <laughs> Am I right? Anyway, yeah, Austin, Texas doesn't have a lot of culture. It's really... I was writing about this earlier, actually. I was writing about how Austin, Texas... Oh, the Austin, Texas slogan is Keep Austin Weird. And historically... Austin has, like, since the counterculture youth movement of the 60s and beyond, um, it was a funky place to be. We really cherished counterculture, alternative, freaks, weirdos of all stripes and sizes. Um, we're welcome here, and we're cherished and nourished in this place, in Austin, in this city. But over time, um, it's changed. So when I first moved here, fucking Richard Linkletter is half the reason I moved to this city because of that movie Slacker. I was like, I identified with a lot of the shit that went down in that movie Slacker. I was like, yeah, I, I'm kind of a fucking stoner bum who's into like weird stuff. Uh, and uh, Austin seems like it's fucking great. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how to express what I was trying to go. I, I don't know where I was going with there. I'm kind of digging myself in a hole. Now I'm trying to climb back out. But anyway, yeah, I thought Austin was going to be like this cool counterculture place that was uh, at least kind of affordable to live in as a, a struggling artist. But it turns out it's not. And now it used to be, from people that I've talked to who've lived here for a long time, it used to actually be like that, like it was depicted in the movie Slacker. However, since around probably the year 2000, things started changing in Austin. Uh, it started becoming a little more gentrified. I wasn't here personally, I'm just kind of relaying stuff that I've heard secondhand. So it started getting gentrified and a little more expensive, a little swankier, a little nicer, a little more put together. Um, not, not just visually, but um, culturally as well, the personality. However, they still, Austin still held on to its slogan of keep Austin weird. However, the weirdness has been over the past, what, 19 years or so? The weirdness has been um, conventionalized, commodified, and capitalized. Now, alternative is mainstream. Even it's it's a it's another branch of mainstream alternative. You know, like let's be conformist together. That's the thing with a lot of conformity. If you look at you know 
a lot of people like let's 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 find a let's find a pool let's 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 narrow this let's narrow down our focus here let's uh let's look at goths i was i i, I still consider my myself a goth at least inside um but goths or emos would be even better because emos really got capitalized on the whole emo culture um the whole idea behind it well not the whole idea but a large uh, a, a large extent of the goth or emo which are not you know they are exclusively they're they're sovereign things goth does not necessarily mean emo emo does not necessarily mean goth they are two separate things but they can intersect that's that's another fucking uh, that's another fucking peer review paper to work on it another time um what i'm getting at is the idea of like I want to go um, against the mainstream. I want to go counterculture. I want to be different. I want to be unique. I want to get my fucking bangs fucking straightened, cut short around the sides and the back, long bangs over the face because I'm a sad boy, dyed black hair, shock of red or blue or purple or like just fucking frost in my hair down the bang somewhere, maybe like spiked blonde tips in the back or something. That would be like an extreme Guy Fieri emo hairdo. Um, we're talking fucking eyeliner, which I totally fucking rocked and rocked well, if I must say. And I must say it. Um, fucking what else? What else? What else? You know, shredded t-shirt. You know, afflicted or something. No, afflicted's that shit brand, isn't it? It's not a sh... I think afflicted might be a shit band, too. It's a shit band for a shit brand. Maybe. I could be mixing things up. Afflicted. I feel like afflicted might be uh, that brand that was kind of like the... Uh, the goth leg of Ed Hardy t-shirts, which was another bullshit fucking fashion that I'm sure is still alive and kicking in Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, um, anywhere that's not, <laughs> that's not become, uh, um, anywhere that has not become, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oppressively hipster. Um, you get, you get your fucking skin tight black jeans Vans or Chucks shoes, um, a studded belt. You might even wear a second belt. So you've got one studded belt that goes like through the loops of your skin black, tight, denim, skinny jeans. Uh, and then you've got a second studded, studded belt that kind of hangs on your hips outside because there's no more room under the loop under the belt loop in your jeans. So you've got the second one to hang down, kind of like a fucking badass gun belt. Um, you know, studded, studded... Here, I've got some studded shit for you. We've got a studded bracelet here for those who are watching. A studded bracelet, which I'm going to put on. I've had this thing... I've had this thing since I was, uh, I don't know, 18? 17 or 18? When I started uh, figuring out who and how and why I was, um, yeah, I got this thing somewhere, either at uh, Hot Topic or at a uh, this place called Walls, which was like a overstock place in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Okie from Muskogee. 
Yeah. Studded thing. I'd love to have the studded bracelet that Hunter S. Thompson wore, but dude, I've tried looking for that shit online, like Etsy everywhere. Can't find it. If I can find something similar to it, it's ridiculously expensive. And this thing, it's this part of it, this part of this uh, studded leather black black leather bracelet, this part that goes through the buckles kind of been falling apart forever. And the weird thing about this, this black leather pleather studded bracelet is that when I wear it when it's really hot and I start getting sweaty and stuff, you know, if you wear a watch a lot of the times and you st- a lot of the time you start sweating, it can get a certain funk to it. Well, I don't know precisely what this bracelet is made out of, but when I sweat and when it should be smelling funky, it actually ends up smelling like patchouli, which is cool because I like the way patchouli smells. Well, before you know it, as a emo, I basically described an emo. Um, before you know it, in your pursuit to be nonconformist, you saw other people who were being nonconformist, and and you said, "I want to be nonconformist too." And I really dig that person's fashion. I dig what they're preaching. I'm digging what they're all about. I like the cut of their jib. So I want to emulate that because I like it. And I think that look could look good on me. And it very well could look good on you. But after a while, so many different people start saying like, oh, this person is, is, uh, you know, nonconformist. That person's nonconformist, but I like their style. So I'm going to kind of adapt that into my own life as well, into my own style. And before you know it, a lot of people have like a lot of the same style. They're listening to a lot of the same bands, reading a lot of the same writers, uh, and ending up with a lot of similar outlooks about things, um, which there's nothing wrong with it. That's just naturally how things happen. Uh, earlier this week, I, I I didn't read it, but I passed by some headline on like I don't know some some blog post on Medium.com or something about someone saying why nonconformists eventually conform. And I, I like I said, I didn't read it, but I suspect it probably has something to do. Maybe a little bit more in-depth, maybe a little bit more research than what I'm talking about. But anytime there's like a counterculture or, or non-conformist um, wave, a happening, if you will, um, a lot of people will adopt similar attributes of that, that happening. Um, because we like to mimic things that we like. That's a, a lot of how humans learn is through mimicry. We mimic things that we like, that we think are think is good, that we think is good for us. Just stuff we like. We mimic it. And that's why there's that line, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Um, yeah, because you're mimicking something that you like or the, something that brings you joy. Well, anyway, Austin... All right, let me back up. Let me back up. Nonconformist movements eventually end up becoming conformist. You eventually end up saying, let's be nonconformist together. 
And then there's this sort of just incestuous influence within the sphere of this cultural bubble of nonconformity uh, in whatever form it manifests. And, um, and then advertisers will notice this stuff happening and they will say, I can, uh, we can find someone who makes products or we can uh, hire someone to make products that um, will fit into that cultural bubble of nouveau nonconformists. Um, and we can make products that are, that seem in line with their values, that fit with their certain aesthetic. And uh, we can make money off of that. And that's kind of what happened in Austin. And that's what happened with the line, with the slogan, with the tag, Keep Austin Weird. What once was weird is no longer really weird. It's a, uh, it's just a veneer. It's just a thin coat of paint where you scratch away and you see Keep Austin Weird. It's not really I mean, yeah, there's still weird people here for sure, but fucking there's weird people everywhere. There might be a few more weird people here, but they're not as, say, embraced as they once were because Austin is constantly being gentrified. It is, as are many cities, but Austin is often recognized as always having cranes in the skyline. If you look toward downtown or anywhere around it, you will always see a crane Somewhere, and I'm not talking about the bird. I'm talking about the the building scaffolding of giant crane um, because a new building is being built. Some new condos are being built, um, and and with that comes gentrification, um, comes a higher cost of living, comes a driving out of the people who are living there before people who probably lived in a lower socioeconomic status than those who are coming in and moving into the nice expensive new condos and sort of fetishizing the the um the once alive but now vacuous concept of weirdness in Austin. Now it is still weird compared to some places. Compared to a lot of places, it's weird. So compared to, I don't know, my hometown in Oklahoma, it's definitely weird here. Um, but my hometown in Oklahoma is really fucking weird too, in its own way. And it's a genuine fucking weird. It's just not necessarily the kind of fun, let's drop acid and, you know, kick around some conspiracy theories. Kind of weird. It's more like, uh, squeal, piggy, get off my land. Kind of a weird, but anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just writing about this earlier. Um, I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode if I had finished my book or... Um, if I was just, if I was like 10 pages away from finishing it, I think I might want to read something to you. I might want to read something to you here. It's a little, it's a, like the last bit. Can I, can I do that? Can I read that to you? Would you mind? I hope I'm not giving away too much. 
I've been working on this thing for a long time. I've gone back over and revised and revised and revised. Excuse me, and revised again. Um, I think I'll I, I think I'll read this to you. It's it's near the end, or possibly maybe even the end. It's definitely in the latter part of the book, which has come out to about like um, at least on the type that I've got in the Word document I've been using. It's come out to 478 pages. Um, and then the word count is 140,381 words, if I'm not mistaken, because I did a little bit more revising this morning. I've fucking redone the ending so many times just because it was so campy and then so campy and then so campy. And I'd cop out, like, everything else I've tried to make is fucking, you know, bad, badass, not bad. <laughs> I've tried to make everything as, like, genuine as possible. But the ending always just felt a little forced and disingenuous, like I was trying to get something. Um, and not saying what I really wanted to say. Um, but the book is, it's a, it's a novel. Um, it is definitely, um, based off of uh, some of my history. It's, it's influenced. It's my, my, my life has definitely influenced the narrative, but it is, I do consider it a fiction. It's a novel, um, just kind of like a semi autobiographical kind of novel. Anyway. Uh, so this is the, something I worked on today. I think I'll share it with you. Um, oh, the story I should probably tell you. The story is about a, um, a young man in his mid twenties, um, whose life, whose world, the whole, uh, personal world around him. It's not like the literal universe or the literal, literal earth is falling apart, but just, Everyone close to him, all those close relationships and all of the uh, circumstances of the main character's life are falling apart, just crumbling, disintegrating, just tearing at the seams in a bad, bad way. Um, and this, the main character, whose name is um, Art Deco, Arthur Deco, uh, Arthur Nathaniel Deco, if I remember, I think I put in his middle name. I hope I did, because then the his initials are A N D, and yeah. Um, so Art is just trying to get his life started, but Art keeps running into a lot of problems, a lot of challenges that are um, making it extremely difficult for him to uh, e even get on the path that he wants to travel, um, at least at this part in Art's life. So this is from uh, a much later part in the book. Here it is. Uh, and it's told from first person through Art's perspective. Here it is. I used to beat myself up for getting turned down most of the time. I used to think that I was doing something wrong. 
I used to think that I was at fault for not being who and how other people wanted me to be. Well, fuck all of that. A quote comes to mind. I'm having trouble pinpointing just who said it, but I think it was from the legendary acting teacher Stella Adler. It goes something like this. You have the right to be who you are, how you are, when and where you are. I read that line a long time ago, but I'm just now starting to live it. I'm just now starting to feel comfortable in my own skin. I'm done with trying to be someone else's best. My best is my own best. I'm done trying to live up to what I assume to be other people's expectations. My truth is good enough for me. I'm done with hiding and wishing and waiting for the world to come to me. I'm stepping out and giving the world what I have to offer. And if I fail, so be it. I'll learn to fail better. I'll keep doing, not in hope of achieving success, but for the simple fact that I have to do something, and I have to do it in my own way. I kind of like that, for now. <laughs> I like that, for now. We'll see how I feel about it tomorrow. <laughs> I might change my mind. Um... Let's see, how long have we been recording now? 403. Let me check something. I've been having some weird technical issues, and I want to see if I can take care of it right now. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. This, what I'm talking about is I, I record the video on my phone, and for some reason it's something to do with the, the system on the phone. It won't record a video file larger than four gigabytes. Now, I've looked into the formatting on the uh, micro SD card I use in my phone, um, and I'm using, nerds, nerds, start fapping. I'm, I formatted the micro SD card to an XFAT format, so it can record larger than four gig files. However, Something about my phone does not allow anything larger than 4 gig. So in a lot of my episodes, that's why you'll see a random, like, clip. Like, there's something missing. Um, that's because there is indeed something missing. Um, because it, my phone will start recording on a separate file. And it'll skip over a couple seconds, maybe. Um, and then somehow that kind of sends the tracking off the rail between... Um, my phone and the audio, they kind of start going at different speeds a little bit. So the sound and the movement will become out of sync for some reason. So I don't know what the deal is other than get a, like a legit camcorder or something. But, um, that's, uh, when I, when that's possible, I'll, I'll make it possible. So, um, for now, I think I'm going to take a quick break. So I can avoid that weird jump, and uh, I'll be right back. I'll play a little bit of a song for you that I've been working on, okay? Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you've got a drink in your hand, and I'll see you, you know, chug that shit. While I'm gone, chug that shit. I'll be right back. You're not going to even be able to tell, you know? It's just going to be like that, probably. Probably. Can you, can you chug an entire Guinness like that? Let's see. All right. One, two, three, go. I'm back. 
Oh, that was good. Now there's not going to be any weird clipping. You're not going to miss like two seconds of my very important rambling. Yeah, so yesterday I started coming up with a new riff. Something came to me. I've got a lot of the lyrics. I'm working on the lyrics. I'm not super happy with the lyrics right now, but I'm getting there. Uh, the whole crux of it is a phrase that I heard recently called... Uh, uh, phrase. Man, that's getting kind of dark. Let me turn on the lamp. Uh, the whole crux... That's yeah, a little better. Man, it's been kind of glum and gloomy weather lately. Anyway, the, the song... Um, I heard a line that went like... Uh, um, Things won't change if things don't change. And that struck me. I liked that. So that's kind of what the song's about. Um, I don't think I'm going to work... I'm not going to sing much of the lyrics. I'm just going to give a little taste. Um, it's a work in progress. But it goes something like this. And I, I need to work on some of the transitions on some of this. But here we go. some of the lyrics that I was working on like all day yesterday <laughs> trying to try to get them working here let's see here my hands aren't shaking how about that getting more comfortable that's good that's good okay here we go uh, I think this was the second verse goes something like this let's see here go outside and look it all Go outside and look at all the pretty arts Pass a happy family, a baby and two dogs the jam okay uh let's see i've got the lyrics here you locked yourself inside 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked this part, too. Uh, Alright, let's try this again, huh? Alright, here we go. Go outside and look at all the pretty yards. Pass a happy family, a baby, and two dogs. Someday, I hope I have a yard to play in, but I don't see that day coming. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Speaking of music, dude, I have fallen in love with this one song by Hall & Oates. Now, I never really... I, I've known about Hall & Oates for, like, ever, but I've never really given them a chance. I always just laughed at the idea of them because of their anachronistic pictures they're just so like their quintessential 80s look with the fucking mustache and the mullets uh, potential permage going on um i just used to laugh at how funny looking they were and i never really listened to their work and then this week i actually sat down and listened to one of their most popular songs i can't go for that parentheses no can do it blew my mind it was so it's so fucking good man it's like a sonospheric orgasm the way they utilize the the different stereo channels and it just like the sound i listen to it with headphones on for sure uh just the fucking 
It feels like it's floating through different parts of your head, like it's coming down from the sky, kind of like drifting in, like. No, I can't go for that. No, no can do. No, I can't go for that. No, 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 no. I can't go for that. No. It's great, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'll give Hollow Notes some more listen. I'll see if their other songs are as good as that one. Um, the whole thing about it was uh, like at the beginning of the week I saw um, England is still going through some you know <laughs> and no one knows what the fuck is going on with Brexit I'm not even sure what the hell's going on with Brexit I've tried to read up on it and I've got some loose ideas but it seems like there's a lot of misconceptions going around and just a whole lot of whole mess of fuckery happening um, it's happening here in the US it's happening in England it's happening all over the world. There's a lot of fuckery going on. And I suspect... Um, I suspect there are a select... Mm, entitled people um, who are helping to sow this mass worldwide chaos. Um, you know, kind of like in a riot, you can just run into an electronic store and grab yourself a TV, just as long as you don't get boshed, bashed over the head or something, or tear gassed. Um, I feel like, um, I suspect there's some people who are um, doing the opposite of trying to um, sort through the worldwide chaos we're experiencing right now. Um, and, oh God, while I'm thinking about it, poor New Zealand. How fucked up is that, man? The massacre that happened there? The extreme right-wing neo-Nazi white supremacist terrorist? Terrorists? Terrorist? Terrorists? Right-wing? Extreme right-wing white supremacist neo-Nazi terrorists is what they are? Terrorists? White people? <laughs> Terrorists? Uh, anyway. Hmm. I wonder what I was trying to imply there. Hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I saw this stuff about Brexit, and um, there's a comedian I really like, an uh, English comedian named uh, Noel Fielding. Uh, and if you've seen The Mighty Boosh... You know exactly what I, who I'm talking about. Vince from the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, that guy. If you've seen the Mighty Boosh. If you haven't, I totally recommend it. You can find it online. It's not that hard to find. Um, that show is genuinely weird. Like, <laughs> I really respect a lot of um, British comedy. Uh I respect that England often seems much more willing to embrace things that are um, not necessarily uh, commercially safe. Whereas in the U.S., the uh, U.S. has a long history of only sticking with things that are commercially 
safe, not risks. Um, because, you know, that's why we have all these Marvel movies. There's already a pre-existing fan base. Those movies are already going to sell. It's not a risk at all. Um, and they're very well done. Um, and certainly there's um, original adaptations of these stories, of these graphic novel stories. Um, but as far as like truly like brand new, one of a kind stories, it's, uh, we're, we're getting better now, nowadays. Um, but still, just historically, the U.S. has really shied away from taking risks on, on some uh, artistic um, endeavors and artistic integrity. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, at least um, f from the business um, point of view, there's a lot of effort in trying to compromise artistic integrity to create a final product that is a little bit more conformist with the standard modes of convention, the status quo. Um, now the show I'm talking about, Mighty Boosh, totally, totally original. It's fucking funny. It's really funny and it's really trippy uh, and goofy. I love it. It's very surreal. Um, but one of the creators is this comedian, Noel Fielding. And on I follow him on Instagram and he posted it uh, commenting on this newly failed i think like no deal vote on brexit I, like i said I, I don't fucking understand all the ins and outs of it but he posted a gif uh, or, or a short clip from the show mighty boosh and it's where one of the characters bob fossil who's played by um oh dude it's this american comedian who's just funny as hell he's he's on drunk history like I think maybe once every season or so. Um, fuck, what is his name? Bob Fossil. I gotta look this guy up. Because I, I if you're not familiar with who I'm talking about, you gotta look this dude up. He is so funny. Okay. Uh, let's see. Web search. Mighty. Boosh. Actor. Bob. Fossil. Okay, so in the early 2000s, there was like a really kind of a trending sort of viral video called Old Greg, Mold Greg, you ever drink Baileys out of a shoe? <laughs> it's about as close as you can get to, this is as close as you can get to Baileys without getting your nose wet. If you've seen that, uh, <laughs> let me show you my mangina. <laughs> That's from Mighty Boosh. And one of the actors in it is this American comedian, Rich Fulcher. Here's a, if you're watching, uh, here, here's a picture of him. Rich Fulcher. <laughs> he is just such a goofball. I, he's so fucking funny. Uh, in the picture I showed, if, if you're watching, that's him dressed as the character Bob Fossil. Um, well, anyway, he's just like dancing around in his office too. Uh, I, I can't, what, what was the name of the song? I can't go with that. No, no can do by Hall and Oates. Just dancing to that song. And I'm like, what is this fucking jam? And they started singing and I was like, wait, oh, that's that song from the eighties. 
And then I also heard it like the week previously on some podcast. Someone played uh, the intro to it with the like the synthesizers and the the uh, the guitar and the the blues guitar and then the bass. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. What is this? It's ethereal. Uh, and then I looked it up and, oh, it's the same song. So that song, I can't, I can't go with that. No can do. Uh, it's kind of been following me. It's a synchronicity, I think. But just it just keeps coming into my life. So I had to listen to it and I listened to it and I love it. That's all I wanted to say. God damn. I'm thirsty now. Pardon me while I have a sip of H2O. Mmm. Um, so a couple years ago, <laughs> a couple years ago, oh God, <laughs> a couple years ago, I got really freaked out by some shit I found on, I think Reddit, <laughs> I was like, it was all these fucking headlines and articles and infographics and stuff saying like, did you know this shit is Everywhere, someone's got to put a stop to this. Um, dihydrogen monoxide, it's everywhere. It's in your fit, kitchen faucet, it's in your food, it's in your bottled beverages, it's in everything. We got to put a stop to dihydrogen monoxide. And I, I told my girlfriend about it, and she started laughing at me and called me a dumbass. And she was like, that's water. And I was like, no, woman, it's in the water. And she was like, no, dumbass, it is water. Dihydrogen monoxide, two hydrogens, one oxygen, H2O, water. And I laughed. And then she made fun of me forever. I still get shit for it. So don't be fooled. Dihydrogen monoxide. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I think I'm done for now. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for watching. I love you. Mwah. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>